Thanks for sharing your nippers with me. Where milk comes for the babies. <laughs> All right. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Joe. <laughs> That's Anthony's <laughs> chair noise. I think I need a different chair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that was a chair <laughs> for a second. That was awesome. Was He's going to break something, uh-huh. everybody. He has to do a complex maneuver with uh-huh. things with legs. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was fun. I realized while we were setting up how unprofessional our setup looks. Look at the screen. Hmm? There's, like, just junk all over the table. This, this half is purposeful over here. Well, I mean, mine is, too. It just looks like a bunch of garbage. But luckily, if people are listening... Then they can just imagine what it looks like. It looks like so. the, if you when you push the treehouse off that way, it just like left this big skid mark of Legos yeah. all the way across well, the table. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole trail right here, these are all the extra pieces so far from maybe more than this set, but these are all leftovers, and that's a lot. There's I have a little collection here in the middle too, and there's a little bit over. Okay, uh, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> You need to do some house cleaning yeah, of might, the studio. Might be worthwhile. Anyway, um, I yeah, I pushed the uh, treehouse, Lego treehouse, that direction because I'm tired of all the brown. I'll get back to it, but today I'm going to work on little Bandai Star Wars models. This is the TIE Advanced and regular old TIE Fighter set. Just so you know, this is, oh, look at that camera action. Um, this is a small set. This box is, if you're just listening, this box is probably like, I don't know, six by three, something like that. Ten bucks, two little models in them. They're snapped together. Pretty cool. It's like, if you want to get into models, this is kind of a cool way to do it. Yeah, as much as I've talked about models and all the little grunts and frustrated sounds that I've made putting them together with the super glue, these Bandai kits are really nice. Like, yeah. they're glossy where they need to be glossy. They come with uh, water decals and stickers. Like, this is... This has been pretty nice so far. So if you're getting into models, mm-hmm. yeah, I highly recommend this as someone that probably should have used this as my gateway into models. <laughs> they're not super cheap. Like the Darth Vader that you're working on, it says right there in the box, is $30. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not, you know, crazy cheap. These little boxes that I was talking about are... You, you get a lot for this $30. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's a posable. Fair like, amount of work, yeah. Tons of joint yeah. stuff and, and hidden joints that are, like, built on the inside. You don't need to paint so it. Like, all the colors are... Uh, Cast in the proper colors. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously the Mandalorian is out, and we're going to talk about that today. Here's what I want to do, though. <clears throat> we should talk about Disney Plus as a thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Then talk about the Mandalorian in a non-spoilery fashion, just like thoughts Generic. of the production, maybe. Okay. And then we can talk, like, right at the end, spoilery story stuff. So would those people that are abroad or wherever haven't been able to see it, won't be able to see it for a while. They don't have to skip the entire show. That's very nice of you. Yeah, you know, that's what I do. So, Disney Plus launched last night, and we were just last reading. Night? It was or yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, yeah, I, guess yeah. I watched it last night. Um, we were looking at, they have like, what did I say, 10 million subscribers already? A lot of million subscribers. It's crazy. It's not really surprising, but that is a massive number that's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So they will rival Netflix in a very short amount of time, I imagine. Well, I say that, but then Netflix has the advantage of being able to take their content from any exterior source, 
that's any type of content and just like load it up. Whereas Disney is pulling from their own production, you know, avenues, I think. And it looks like they're creating, like all the original stuff is, you know, they're creating production avenues to get that content, but they're not going to necessarily just go out and be like, hey, random dude who made a movie or girl who made a movie, let me just buy your movie from you and stick it on the platform. And I think I that mean, that's, that's of, way it looks now. Well, original content besides going to get like comedy specials and things from other people that Netflix seems to do pretty easily is that they have to stay within kind of the Disney uh, ethos. Yeah, kind of. Like, I don't see a House of Cards competitor coming from Disney+. Plus. Right. Although it's possible. I mean, I was looking at some of the offering last night and thinking about <laughs> our our uh, motion sensors just turned off a lot of the lights, but I fixed it so it won't turn that one off. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, anyway, I was noticing last night and kind of thinking about the fact that a lot of the stuff on there does have... I don't want to say like anti-Disney values, but, you know, historically different values than what Disney would put out now. So you look at like something like uh, Flight of the Navigator. Which I loved, and I saw that that was on there. Yeah. Rocketeer. But when you watch Flight of the Navigator, you're like, oh, wow, they put that language in a kid's movie, a Disney kid's movie in the 80s. There's there's a little bit of language in it Hmm. that just caught me off guard. Now, Hmm. that's not a big deal. But the fact that they're not... Not not putting that on there because of that shows me that they're separating out the kids and then the everything else content to a degree. And when you create a profile, you can mark it as kids, right. which I would assume probably limits some of the content. So maybe they will open up, you know, future content to be uh, more adult or more general audience or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I set up a, an account or a profile on there for my kids and marked it as kids mm-hmm. and it made me wonder like what are they going to be kept from yeah in the disney plus because i mean i don't remember flight of the navigator having any any bad language but i mean i think that could have been said for a lot of movies in the 80s oh yeah totally that i don't remember what movie created pg-13 you know i heard that recently yeah, I, was so have I. I was listening to some podcast and they talked about it it was an action movie i, I think i don't remember anthony how about you look that up real quick? Okay. Look what up. Good job. <laughs> Way to pay attention. He's Way got, to be there. He's got us literally in his headphones, in his ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, some some movie did kind of spark. It was like, we need a little thing in between. Mm-hmm. And, man, I don't, I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so first impressions on the service for anybody that's thinking of getting it that hasn't gotten it. Uh, I have it on the Fire TV. And the first, I think we got it at like seven in the morning because I just happened to be up with the kids, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this thing is on, so let's let's get it." And our Hulu subscription was going to be up, so we got the bundle together. And for the Fire TV, it was a little buggy. Really, it had a couple issues. Uh, the kids wanted to watch Darkwing Duck, which I was all about. I found it, we clicked on it, and then ooh, that was a good snap for this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wanted to see if they had Chippendale Rescue Rangers, so I got out of the episode, went in the search bar. Searched, couldn't find it, but I was like, oh, well, you know, didn't find it. So Darkwing Duck just happened to pop up as a related item, went to click on it, but then it didn't show any of the episodes. It just showed, like, the background still. Mm. And I did that for a couple of things, and so then we signed out and 
Kids are like, why isn't it working? Why don't I finish watching this show? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with it. There's apparently 10 million people that are trying to do the exact same thing at this yeah. exact same second. So calm down. Uh, but, I mean, so far it kind of worked itself out. Um, my wife said during the day it was kind of messing up. And so they turned it off. But she said Netflix was messing up too. Oh. Hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we have it on the Fire TV as well. And the only problem I had was... Once it loaded up, it did the sign-in thing, which does... So if you have the app on your phone and you're on the same Wi-Fi network, if you load up the app on another device, it automatically like sends your phone a little pop-up says, do you want to authorize this device, this device? Which is really nice because then you don't have to worry about like typing in a long password on you know, your TV or something that doesn't have a keyboard. So that was pretty cool. But once it did that, it went to the home screen which is like just one of the menu items, and there was nothing there. And it said, hmm. like, we're having trouble connecting to blah, 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 click OK, and I would click OK, and it would just pop up again. So I thought that was broken for a while, but then when I just went to a different menu item, they all showed up. Hmm. So, you know, I could get this stuff, and it, it worked fine. Once we started playing the show, we watched The Mandalorian last night as a family, and it played fine, didn't have any problems. Yeah. It, was, it did feel dark, but I wasn't sure if that was because... That's your TV. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. Anthony and I watched it during lunch today, and I remember going like, wow, this is really dark. And then he was like, is it dark like this, the whole episode on purpose? Because, there's, I yeah. mean, it's inside the bar, it's inside yeah. a lot of stuff, and so it's kind of hard to see detail, and I remember it not being that on my TV. Yeah, because I watched, um, so we watched it on the projector last night, and I wondered if it was dark because of that. And then this morning when I was on the treadmill, I decided to watch it again in our bedroom. On a, it's a different TV, and it didn't seem dark. So then I was like, oh, well, it must be the projector. But then you guys watched it on living room TV. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. That was my only like visual complaint of the show was that it seemed overly dark. But obviously that wasn't their problem. That was mine. Yeah, I didn't notice it being noted- notable whenever we watched it. Uh, so with the show, we'll do non-spoilery stuff first. Oh, okay. Well, back to Disney+. Plus. Okay, okay. How did you feel about everything else? Did you feel pleasantly overwhelmed by all of the offerings on Disney Plus? Uh, I wasn't overwhelmed by it because I didn't. I knew that it was going to be a limited selection, kind of going into it. You know, when they first launch. Um, and honestly, the only thing on there that I am really anxious to see is the Mandalorian and the future Star Wars stuff. Hmm. I mean, I'll, so I'll, their back catalog is less important. Yeah. Okay. Now. Because a lot of that stuff, if I want to see it, we already own it. I'm just, mm-hmm. I like to own discs and still, and, um, you know, and usually I'll buy the version that has the Blu ray and the digital so we can have the digital version accessible. But it's nice to have discs for in the car and stuff like that. So we tend to buy the stuff that we really like and want to have around long term anyway. And most of that stuff was on there. So it yeah. wasn't like, now it will be cool to show the kids like, Rescue Rangers, maybe the old X-Men, old Spider-Man cartoons. We watched an episode like of the old Spider-Man last night. That was my one thing, is that it has a lot more content than that home screen menu will allow you to look through. Yeah. And I, I mean, that, that's purposeful, that they're, they're trying to make their UI very streamlined. But because Disney has gobbled up so many different production companies... There's things that I didn't know that were on there or didn't even realize were either Disney, Fox, or Marvel or whoever kind of properties. Hmm. Just wasn't sure where they ended up 
after I was done watching them as a kid. Yeah. And so there were certain things that I would scroll through. I'm like, oh, cool, that's on here. I didn't know that it was part of the club. Hmm. And when you click on something, it's like, you might also like these things that I thought were just as great of a headliner. I mean, the Apple Dumpling Gang is on there on, like, the <laughs> the Tier 1 UI offering. But, like, the X-Men TV shows and stuff like that that were yeah. really popular in the 90s, they weren't. And so I think it's a really silly gripe. But, like, not being able to navigate through in or grouping things together in a kind of cohesive manner. Hmm. There was, like, one that was, like, 90s items or whatever. And there might have been, like, 10 things. When there's, I mean, obviously, so many more than that. So, like, having oh, it was multiple just categories. Yeah. Oh. There was so much more. And again, this is a, a stupid gripe that their UI skims the surface, I think, hmm. of what is available. Because, I mean, there's Spider Man shows like The Amazing Spider Man, the one that was on in like 95. There are eight or nine different Spider Man cartoons. Yeah. All of them are available, which is a little overwhelming. Right. And, uh, Kind of hard to either, like, decide what hmm. to do or you don't know which one you're looking for or you find it in a different way and you're like, oh, not this one. The seventh version of this one. <laughs> the amazing, uh, really well-dressed Spider-Man, not yeah. the amazing, super good at math so, Spider-Man. So if you're looking for value, there is a lot. Yeah. And there's still stuff that is not on Disney Plus because they've – Leased it out to Netflix still. So you can't watch all of the Marvel movies because a lot of the MCU, or not say a lot, but some of the later MCU is still on Netflix. The only thing we noticed so far, Anthony and I were talking this morning, was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant-Man is on there. there, Ant-Man and the Wasp is not. I don't think Black Panther is on there. Ah. Uh, Infinity War is not on there. Really? Yep. Uh, Those are all on Netflix. Yeah, they're still on Netflix right now. Gotcha. Yeah, it, I mean, there was a good amount of stuff, and I definitely think, you know, once we start looking at it as a... Because the kids always just go to Netflix. as When they want to watch a show, that's yep. where they know to go. And so I think once they start poking around in there, um, they will find some stuff that they're at least interested to try out, which will be kind of cool, kind of fun to see. But last night it was like, we went to dinner at a friend's house, and we came home at 8 o'clock. I was like, get ready for bed. And if you're not terrible at bedtime, then we'll watch Mandalorian. <laughs> and they were all like, okay. <laughs> they got ready immediately, which was pretty cool. They were all pretty stoked about it. Um, There's something else I was going to say about, oh, yeah, Discovery, uh, as far as, like, the the process of Discovery with content is a seriously difficult problem to solve. And if you looked at the Netflix apps over the past existence of Netflix, how you search things and how things are categorized and bubbled up to the top changes constantly, yeah. all the time. And it's different on every platform. Um, Hulu's gone through several different you know, renditions of search and discovery. Even I remember that being a really big issue for Patreon. Hmm. As a platform, it's great if you know what you're looking for, but if you go to Patreon to look for new creators that might be in a thing that you... There's no good discovery mechanism, and they've been working on it, but it's still just not really there. There's categories, and you can, like, flip through categories, but there's no, like, algorithmic, you know, here's some stuff you might like that I'm aware of. Could have changed. I think Kickstarter is the same way. Because mm. I'm really surprised that people are like, oh, I found this thing on Kickstarter, and then I go on Kickstarter, and it's very hard to try to weave through... 
like, I, I guess if you're not on there a lot, it hasn't figured out your search functions oh, or your yeah. search desires. Yeah. So it's like, here's a 3D printer. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it's got that one keyword in it that you like. Yeah. Um, okay, anything else on the service? Um, do you, if you were to watch TV right now, would you open up Disney Plus or would you open up Netflix or Hulu? At this point, I think I would still go to Disney Plus to just continue to search around and see what all's there. Because okay. I just haven't spent enough time with it to know. Netflix, I know that there is an overwhelming amount of stuff, 90% of which I will never, ever, ever watch. But there's stuff that I like on there that I would like to see. Getting to it is hard. And so I typically only go there if I'm, I have an idea in mind and I yeah. want to see if it's available. Hulu, we, we watch... Um, I, like, I don't think I've ever watched a movie on Hulu. We always just watch TV shows. They don't have a lot of great movies on Hulu. Yeah, maybe that's and they why. keep those same movies for a long time because I, I feel the same way. I'm like, I want to watch a movie, and we've got Amazon Prime and Netflix and yeah. Hulu. And I'm like, well, let's see what's on each one of these. I'm like, oh, the same movies that I didn't want to watch a month and a half ago or two <laughs> months ago were still on Hulu. Yeah. So I've, I've written that off as a movie-watching venue. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even really – Looked. I mean, I, I guess I have looked through the movies there, but not with intention of actually watching something. Just like, oh, they have movies? Huh. What do I you think know? they had Iron Man 2 at one point. Mm. Like, I haven't seen that one in a while. But it was very pedestrian. It, it wasn't like, oh, boy, yeah. let's watch this. Thanks, Hulu. Speaking of Hulu, though, we, um, we watched, we finished last night the show Elementary. You ever watch that show? Is that the Lucy Liu version of Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Hmm. I, I've always really liked Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. and I like all the different iterations and all the movies and all the the BBC show is amazing. And <clears throat> so we started watching Elementary, and I think it was did seven seasons or something. And we started watching it when it came out, and we watched the first season on TV, and then it started moving to streaming services. And so then we just would always wait till a season was there and go through it and everything. And uh, they finished the show a couple months ago or something, and so we got through the last season last night. And if you like Sherlock Holmes, if you like that whole set of stories and that personality and like the way that those characters work together, it's a good show. I would highly recommend it. I mean, over seven seasons, there's a lot of there's a lot of just like, oh, there's another murder. Let's solve the murder, and mm -hmm. it doesn't attach to anything. But there's these big arcs of um, about addiction. And there's these big arcs of certain bad guys that kind of flow in and out of their lives and stuff. And it's a good show. Uh, so I would highly recommend it. But I was only thinking about that because we were watching it on Hulu last night and we finally finished it. And the last episode of it was really satisfying. Like it was a very, they they knew that they were ending it. Mm. So it wasn't just like a cut off in the middle of kind of a storyline right. or whatever. And they wrapped it up really well. There were some surprises in it, but at the same time, you were like satisfied with where all the characters ended up and how the whole thing kind of wrapped together. It was really good. You hear that, JJ? Mr. Abrams, people like resolution. <laughs> Just saying. Man, I bet there's going to be tons of resolution in Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, Mandalorian. Did it live up to your expectations? So here's the weird thing. 
I didn't have any, and I didn't right. realize that until I started watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was strange. This is non spoiler territory. We had I was so excited about it. I was just excited that there was live action Star Wars on TV. Uh, excited about the fact the characters, new stuff, you know, all the different things that we've yep. talked about already. And then we sat down to watch it, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm expecting out of this. Like I hadn't even thought about that. Which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. But the whole time I was watching it, going like, "Huh, I, I didn't even consider like what this was going to be like, or like, I, I guess I kind of assumed he wouldn't talk. I don't know why. Like, just a bunch of weird <laughs> stuff that, like, you know, like I don't. I, there were these other characters. That, well, that's funny that you mentioned that, that. That spoke a lot. Yeah. And it was. It felt like, oh, they're carrying the story about him through other characters. That's an interesting way to do it. I hadn't even considered like how. Like, what devices they would use to move a story over eight hours, or whatever the total time is going to be, how they would move that along if the main character didn't speak, because that was just a presumption that I had in my head. I don't know. It was weird. I was not disappointed in any way, but I didn't realize that I didn't have an expectation about it until it was happening. I think that's innately a benefit to doing a standalone Star Wars show where you don't have any of the main characters. Yeah. Is that you can, I mean, there are no expectations. You can take it wherever you want. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of derivative of a character that you already knew, but that character, I mean, Jango Fett and Boba Fett didn't really have much of a story arc. Right. So you can go and do anything. You just have loose kind of like property association, but this is completely its own thing. And it felt in world, totally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything about it felt familiar, but at the same time, like, oh, this is a new place I've never seen. But I get it. Like, it, it's in the same universe, you know. Like, I didn't have to recognize things to feel like I recognized the show. And they didn't the try universe. to... I don't think they overtly tried to push, like, the Easter eggs that I'm sure that are going to happen on all the thumbnails with the really dumb <laughs> red circles and arrows and 20 <laughs> things you missed from the Mandalorian. Like, yeah. there were some things you're like, oh, that's the thing from the other thing. But yeah. that wasn't such a flood to make it go like, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Remember, Star Wars is coming out... It was it was subtle. Yeah. Um, so from the trailer. Okay. Um, did was the trailer? I mean, this is only one of episode of eight. So the trailer. I remember you said I think the trailer is only from the first episode. So, how do you feel the trailer set you up for the first episode, or did the first episode live up to the hype for the trailer? They're tonally. A pretty different. Uh, I think, and trailers are like that. You can make anything look like anything with a good trailer. So they set up a certain tone with like the music and you know, like not hearing him speak and not you know all these different little things to kind of get push you in a certain direction. I don't think the first episode was too far off of that, but it's a different pace than like a, a two-minute tightly cut trailer because it's a story. It's yeah. like supposed to be more spaced out and a little bit more spaced out. Spaced out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I mean, I recognize that they're different things, but I was a little watching it going, yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of this episode was in the trailer, which means there's a whole lot we haven't seen yet, which I mm-hmm. thought was kind of cool. Not everything, but a whole lot. Now, I don't remember what we predicted on the show for what we thought was going to happen. 
Um, and we're not into spoiler territory yet. But do you feel like after this first episode with the predictions that you had, did it kind of go, yep, I was right. And then you kind of think down the line or are you stopped at the first episode and you're like, oh, my God, I want to watch more. Yeah, I mean, I think I was kind of right, but I also don't really know where they're going to take it. You know what I mean? It's not like I was right about the whole thing. I got it all figured out. I was yeah. just right about the, the setup, which is really all we got. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm super excited to see where they take it for sure. How was it to see the Mandalorian rifle blaster, pulse phase blaster? It's pretty cool. On screen. Pretty cool. I mean, mine was better, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. No, it was cool to see it. And I, it, I kept wondering, like, I wonder how heavy that thing is. Hmm. Or, like, what it feels like to have a big weighted, that, that one, you know. Because he's, like, swinging it around. He's got it, like, latched on his back, and he can grab it with one arm and pull it around and aim it without having to, like, you know, it's a long thing. And to be able to manage that, I don't know. I noticed in his ship, non-spoilery, he, it was mounted in his ship. He had, like, right outside yep. the door, there was, like, a little block on the wall, which fit in between the forks. Yep. And he had, like, a certain little spot. He just kind of... little clip. Yep. Oh, that was kind of cool. Are you ready to spoil it? Yes. Spoiler alert. Um, I don't know how we do come this. Come back and watch, or come back and listen, and follow along with us, because it may end up being, like, I don't know if we need to make it a new little segment. Hmm. Yeah. This is a weekly release. Yeah. The show was this show is a weekly show. How do we do this? I don't know. Because we don't want people to check out for the rest of the entire thing. But yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We'll just do this one. Come back next week, and if we tell you to to go away again, it's because something amazing happened, and then you should either bootleg it somehow <laughs> if you live overseas, <laughs> get yourself a VPN. Yeah, VPN would not. Be a bad idea. <coughs> I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. Well, for this one, because it's new and we're anxious. Yep. Uh, spoiler territory. We will see you next week. Yes. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> don't leave forever. Please. Come on back. Yes. Because we want to know what you think. Yes, for sure. Even if it's in like three months. Still want to know what you think. Okay. You spoilers. Come back next week. Yeah. I'll be looking out. I'm taking uh, attendance. Okay. So... I was surprised at the beginning that the character talked so much. I didn't. Th- I didn't think that he talked so much until the 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 scene at the end when he's with IG. Was IG eleven? Oh no, I'm talking about the sorry the uh, the blue fish dude. Okay, that guy. It felt like it's like you have this silent main character mm-hmm. who's just kind of like says as little as possible, right. and then all of the dialogue and the. The kind of stuff is being driven through the blue guy and then through the Ugnot, the Nick Nolte's character. Mm-hmm. He explained everything. Yep. You know? I thought it was kind of cool that they didn't use the main character to, like, you know, I'm going to give my big expose on, like, who I am and where I come from and where I this and that. and, and keep So now shot. Star Wars has always had, like, their alien creatures either speaking in their native tongue, which they did. It mm-hmm. was a nice little dichotomy. Is they had the, the people-looking characters speaking in some language you don't yeah. understand. And then they had the guy from, um, what was that movie? 
the Life of Water, that movie that won the anyway, oh yeah the sea monster thing. They had the sea monster guy like speaking like your next door neighbor. He just kind of talking like this. He's like, it gave hey. me a very like Deep Space Nine kind of like yeah. kind of feel. Yep. And I'm like, give him some kind of weird little little impediment or accent of some kind to kind of keep me in it because that piece very temporarily like took me out of the oh, world. Really? Hmm. They the setup was great. It's very somber. It's very like, oh man, this is heavy. His movement, all the stuff has weight. Him not speaking has weight. And then it's like, hey man, how's it going? I got a lot of money. You wanna we can go catch a ride somewhere. Maybe we can go get some za after this and maybe an IPA. I'm like, what's this dude? <laughs> gotta go download my, my splurg sack all over your ship. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little strange. They spent a lot of time talking about his evacuation. Yeah. So not just the evacuation, but, like, the lack of any kind of accent. Yeah. Like, made it seem like that guy's character was late from his trailer, and he just, like, ran on set. And they hired him, like, a couple days ago because someone else (laughs) fell through. And he's like, what do you want me to do? They're like, just talk. Just say your lines. He's like, do I need to, like, do I need to talk like this? They're like, whatever, man. Just say your lines. Hmm. Yeah. It it was a little out of... It was like he didn't have a character. Yeah, like he just had makeup on. Yeah. But he was also insignificant. He was a a plot device. You know, he was a... Mm -hmm. Let's set up who the Mandalorian is, what he does. So, you know, he served his purpose in the few minutes he was there. Um, The CG on the ships and the walrus monster thing coming out of the ice... Awesome. Yeah. For TV, like, yeah. it was awesome. It's not, I don't think it's quite, you know, what would be on the big screen. Like, the lighting is, there's always something about any CG that's not the absolute top notch, you know? There's certain movies that just look flawless. Yep. And then everything else below that looks really good, but it's got a little, you know, something about the lighting. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's it's a little matte. Something, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but I thought it looked fantastic for TV. And the interiors of the ship with, like, the, you know, space through the windows while they're having conversation looked super cool. Lots of just little detail stuff around. I, he was flying through the atmosphere, coming back in, and it was in the cockpit. And just some of the kind of rattling of coming through the atmosphere... Mm-hmm. It was like little subtle things like that that they could have avoided. They could have just, this is a smooth, fast ship. Yep. But that gave it a little bit of realism. That stuff was cool. Um, IG-11, thoughts? Um, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's a droid. Yeah. I, I think with uh, Tika Wakiki. Is that his name? I don't, I don't know want to say, say his, his name, name properly. I but say it wrong every time. Like, he's very funny in all his roles, so I expected it to be that character to be kind of sassy or snarky. Yeah. But then at the end, when he shoots him in the head, he's presumed dead, and I don't think he's presumed dead. Maybe they bring him back to life and give him a new chip or whatever. Now he's sad. I don't. I don't know. But hmm. not that I expect Tika to be typecast, but just seems that way in most of his movies. Like he doesn't take stuff too seriously. Yeah. And he's playing a droid, and. He's playing an assassin droid. And Bounty maybe, hunter droid. Huh? Bounty hunter droid. 
Assassin droids are different. How so? Uh, they're actually like a different type of droid. Well, I mean, I guess there could be IG assassins. Whatever. I thought that in Return of the Jedi, when they were all... St- or no, not Return. In Empire, when they were all standing around, I thought that that one was always addressed as the assassin droid. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. But um, it didn't seem menacing. It's, I mean, he's a droid. He walked yeah. in and was like, I'm here because of the Bounty Hunters Guild <clears throat> and you should present your people. And then he like he shot up some people, but I mean he's a droid and he should be very accurate. It just it lacked a lot of a lot of depth. I mean he's a droid, and historically in Star Wars they have purposely given their droids a lot of personality yeah, to right. make them human on some kind of level. I didn't get that from that one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I thought the whole self destruct thing was pretty funny. I though. thought that was funny. Yeah. He just kept wanting to give up and be done. Yeah, I mean, and even then, like, that part was funny, but that just highlighted, like, he's like, well, robot time, time to be robot, time to self-destruct. It wasn't like a like a funny plot point or, like, a decision that was made to kind of lighten the mood or anything. It just, it seemed, I mean, he's a robot. Well, hopefully that's a sign of the show kind of staying serious, but not being oh, full of itself. Oh, not a waka-waka kind of moment? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want it to get point. all, you know, jar-jar. Man. That is a good point. They you don't want to be Jar Jar right out of the bat, because I don't think that that is an association that you can live down after the first uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, and true. can be very quick in people's minds. Yeah, I liked that character. Um, I was surprised. Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's about no, time. Ig. I was uh, surprised to see him go out in the first episode because they did kind of set it up, or at least make it look like he was going to be buddies or sidekicks or. Yeah. But that's obviously just assumption on the part of us watching the trailer. But I, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought he was a cool little addition, and the fact that they weren't just like at each other's throats, even though they were going after the same bounty, mm-hmm. that they like working together seemed like a common they thing. They were or? after the same bounty, but had different motives and apparently different instructions. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they were obviously hired by different people, different people with different motives. Mm. So we met. Mm. I didn't think about that. Uh, obviously, we met the bounty hunter. We met Carl Weathers, the bounty receiver. Gr- Griff Cargo. Yeah. Kind of a goofy name. Sure. We met uh, Werner Hertznog's character. Yep. Who had... I can't say his name the right Verde. way because we always say it wrong in the office. Yep. He had his um, his Empire Flavor Flav medallion. Yeah, that thing was huge. Yeah, he's very proud of it. I didn't notice it the first time, but the second time, I was like, oh, he's still flaunting Because his... I'm a baller. <laughs> I got this from the gift shop. <laughs> On the Death Star. On another world. But, uh, so we have the Empire that's obviously out to get... Big thing. I mean, we haven't even talked about the, the Yoda baby. Well, I was going to get to the end of it. Yeah, Yoda but baby. yeah, Yoda baby. Boom. It's a 50-year-old, which we kind of know that Yoda is hundreds of years old. Right. So know that whatever race of being that Yoda is, we Star Wars lore, you don't address that. You know which that is wild. Is, right. I'd never even realized that they Neither did never... I. I went to go look. I'm like, did I miss something? And they're like, no, George Lucas purposely did not name Yoda Yoda's race of being. Really? Yeah. That's, That's what I heard. That's so what I, I heard. Wild. According to the internet. Oh, it's got to be true. Yeah. But there was the the other Yoda type character in the Jedi Council. What was his name? Yaddle. Yaddle. He looks like a tweaked out version of Yoda. Yeah, and he's not green. 
So, like, I don't know if that's actually the same race, or it's just another big Maybe it's like guacamole, to where Yaddle is, like, the top part that touches the air and gets a little brownish kind of grody, and then Yoda <laughs> is the the good kind of guac that you want to eat. Huh. That's, Maybe that's... it's just one had more exposure to oxygen on their whatever planet. Yeah, that's an idea. But it says that he's 50 years old, and I noticed... Uh, it was kind of quick during the original viewing, and then today when Anthony and I watched it, I tried to do the rough math back planning because it is supposed to be five years after the Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like that could be Attack of the Clones time. Like so, maybe not just like a a baby uh, in the Star Wars universe. It is completely plausible that that could be a Yoda clone, but not advanced growing, kind of like the. Boba yeah. to the Django Fett. Right. Hmm. Maybe someone will teach him proper sentence structure this time around. <laughs> they could fix that one genetic marker. That's that, the like, only f- reason. Flips your speech around. They're like, yo, can you uh, can you clone this green fellow right here? Like, he's great and all. All wise. He's knowing. He's super powerful. Nicest guy. Nicest guy. The thing is. Talks real stupid. Mixes up his words. <laughs> We're in meetings trying to be professional. Uh, Yoda, get it together. I don't know. Do you really think he's a clone? No, I, I saw. Him. There has to be a reason they mentioned that he's fifty years old twice. That's the only information that you're given because they have the bounty pucks, and it yeah. seems like the bounty system. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You're given a lot to go retrieve somebody. Yeah, like they're not a detective. You're a go getter. So it's like, here's your puck, here's the person, here's a little beacon thing that beeps when you're pointed at him. Like, good grief, man. Like, <laughs> How hard could it possibly be? <laughs> like, oh, you're a bounty hunter. It's a complicated profession. Well, not, I mean, it, not really. You've pretty much given them everything they could possibly need to find a person. So you don't need to interview anybody. You don't need to dive deep. Hmm. You just need to go grab them and then put them into your portable carbonite chamber that you have in the back of the ship. Like, that's kind of neat. Yeah, that was... Uh convenient for sure i don't know i don't think it's a clone uh because i do think that it's it's gonna be intentionally separate from all of the characters that we've ever met and so i don't think they would reference back to um you know do you remember the legend of the uh, jedi master yoda Remember that? And remember back when, in the Clone Wars, when they were cloning people? And re- remember this, you know, and, like, have to connect the dots and explain who he was and where the time is. For anybody that's not watched previous stuff, they just hopped in the show. A huge amount of backstory there that I doubt I think that would, would help explain Django and Boba Fett. I think that would be an easy way to acknowledge that they hmm. may or may not exist in well, this that's, world. That's interesting. Yep. My thought was that um, if so, if Yoda and Yaddle, if they're the same, and and Yama and Yingle, if they're all from the same race and they're force sensitive, maybe that race is often force sensitive. So this fifty-year-old baby adult was born and has potential to be a new Yoda. That powerful. You know, whatever. And then, the empire's after him. And their empire's just trying to like. Doctor, get rid what's of him. his name? Yeah, is real anxious. Ooh. Yeah, 
He, they know the thing exists somehow. They know where he is. It is. Yeah. They want true. him for the Empire's good, so they're going to try to weaponize it. Or just kill it. Well, but or he did say whoever, he, he, did say he wanted it alive. Like yeah, and the guy's like, yeah. no, 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 you can't. He's like, it, you know, what happens happens in the bounty hunting world, man. Yeah. How did I get this medal from being conscious of what's going on around me? That's what I was awarded. Yeah, the gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I didn't think about that. I was uh, just assuming they would try to cut out any, you know, potential threat. But then at the same time, like, the Emperor's gone, Vader's gone at this point. So there are no... Is the Emperor gone? Well, I mean, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no active dark side users pulling the strings that we know about. Mm-hmm. Although this brings up another point. But if there's no no dark side active people in charge, why would they care about a Jedi? A potential baby Jedi that may never be trained because he doesn't have Jedi to train him or you know, there's got to be somebody that cares about that. If mm-hmm. it's if it's a force power thing, mm-hmm. somebody has to be on the opposite side of that far enough to want to care about it, to want to go through all this trouble to kill it or get it or whatever. So maybe it's not force related at all because that's an, another big like if you got to have this you got to have all this over here to back it up or to be the opposite of it. So then maybe this is the beginning of the first order. Well, they did separating, say this show was going to explain separating from the empire to where the empire is like the empire knows of the Jedi knows that they can be possibly turned. And they're like we need to get that guy to use him on our side mm. to where the first order and Snoke or whatever is like nope kill that thing. Because it could rise up against it. We already got a plan in play. And so the two bounty hunters are in the middle of a Venn diagram of the <laughs> Jedi or the Empire versus potentially the, the budding First Order. Well, they did say that this was going to explore the origins of the First Order. So that was part of the description of the show. So the other thing that kind of stands out to me, and I don't know what this means, but it's weird to me. This show is eight episodes? Is that right? Uh, I don't know. Whatever the episode count is. Started yesterday and ends on December 27th. A week after. A week after hmm. Rise of Skywalker, which means hmm. I think there's something in there in that last episode that will make a lot more sense or maybe set up something that we see in Rise of Skywalker. Like, I don't know. Somebody, Werner Hogsnog or whatever his name is, gets a, a phone call from the Emperor in the last episode. And you're like, whoa, are these still alive? It's not that amazing because we just saw him come back and get wiped out. And but Skywalker. it would just, like, substantiate yeah, the, just, the it's link like, between just, the yeah, worlds. Yeah. Hmm. And I could be wrong there, but that timing seems weird because they're... the way Nothing that is weird with Disney. Right. If there's not, anything I really, really love about that whole thing... It's not is coincidental. It, it's not. It's all somebody is is has been planning this for a little while. They've got a lot of people who really care and a lot of people who want money. And in between there is someone to go, <laughs> we can make this weave throughout yeah. all of these different things. And it's gonna this is gonna affect this, and this is gonna affect this, and this is gonna affect that, and all of those things are gonna equal dollar signs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that. Um, the rollout of their marketing with Disney Plus, with The Mandalorian, with Jedi Fallen Order, which comes out in two days, I think, or 
It comes out soon. And then all of that, that's a lot of attention to give something. And then the final movie in a nine-movie series, the end of it all, like, if they have to have a really good reason to not be focusing 100% of everything they do on episode nine. Oh, yeah. So I think that there's a lot more connective tissue between The Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker than anybody knows about yet. Do you think, and I don't have anything to substantiate that. It's just timing. Just well, and, and I think the amount of hype that they're throwing behind things, too. I mean, that is, yeah. out of all of the Disney movies that are available, the entire Disney catalog that we've talked about earlier, all those things being available on a streaming service is amazing as it is. The thing that they stuck with and that they led on the tip of that spear is this connective tissue in Star Wars. Yeah. So I think that they're betting on whatever happens in episode nine, like enough people are going to have seen the Mandalorian because of this massive push behind this thing that was it like 10 million, whatever users. Is that what you read yeah. today? Yeah. So if they're going to go off trilogies for some plot points, it would have to go with something that has that much of a push behind it. Hmm. Because, like, it has that Resistance cartoon, right, with all the, like, the pilot kids. Yeah. That's canon. I yep. don't know how many people have seen that. I have no desire to watch it. So trying to put a major plot point in Episode Nine based on that, I think, would be really foolhardy. Right. And that's how I felt about Solo, them bringing back Darth Maul because of the Clone Wars, which Clone Wars were great. But, again, not, I, I would venture to say, not 10 million, you know, brand new user families, not even people might not be yeah have the same push behind it yeah like it just won't have the same dissemination yeah the same reach yep yeah. exactly yeah i would agree with that so it'll be interesting to see uh how they're connected if they're connected at all maybe i'm just Hoping. hopeful <laughs> making it all up that's fine too um so do predictions about the rest of the season I mean, which is stupid because we don't, we barely know anything. I but think like, like what we talked about, you know, earlier with you saying you being right, like there's a woman or a baby or something that he doesn't want to bring in because he's got something happened in the past that makes him not want to do it. And now I think he's going to be hunted by everybody mm -hmm. and he needs a band of people that believe in him or believe in the cause enough to, to keep him safe or rally behind. So from the trailers though. Because it's a Western. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the Western kind of recipe. Uh, from the trailer, it showed him shaking hands, well, all the different trailers, showed him shaking hands with, or kind of buddy buddying with Nick Nolte's character. Check that More out. More so than he already did? No, no, no that, that Oh, scene, that has happened. But that's done. Gotcha. Um, At least. Fighting along with, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. He could see him again, I guess. Fighting with IG-11, done. Mm-hmm. Um, handshake with Cara Dune. Mm -hmm. the, Haven't met her yet. Yeah. But that's it. So. Yeah. They had the the so, lady with the long, like, yeah. pigtail ear things. She turned around and winking at people. Well, we but you don't know, know if that that's is. like a good good wink or a bad wink. It or looked a, like a, the devil that you know kind of wink. Like. But my point is, like, they've they've shown in the trailers... Like, the people that he knows that he has some sort of relationship with, two of those are already done in the first episode. So he probably will spend a lot of the season being chased by a lot of other people with very little help. 
That's what I'm guessing. Rather than like, you know, building up a team throughout the season and like mm. getting buddies, and by the end they have a big, you know, with our powers combined, kind yeah, of like. expendables moment. I don't yeah. think it'll be like that. I think it'll be him uh, asking for help here and there, maybe getting little bits, but just ultimately being just alone. him and Yoda, buddy, coming. <laughs> then Yoda's gonna start doing backflips. <laughs> That'd be awesome. What did you think about the? Is it best best car? Best, best car, car, yeah. Uh, it seems like in this the episode, I'm like, well, this is the first episode he replaced a shoulder bell with his newly found Besker steel. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this like a microtransaction in a video game? Like every episode, he's gonna come back to like. I kind of feel like that, yeah. You got to come back and trade in your rupees for like a new piece of armor that you have to choose. Yeah, I think he'll probably continue to build up his armor, and then at the end of it, we'll have his full set. And she said something like, "Has your signet been?" Yeah, revealed? that we don't know what that means. So I, I like that they're doing a lot of like lore around Mandalorians. Um, What's his deal with droids? Yeah, but but even like within like the Baskar steel for anybody that doesn't know is Mandalorian steel. They make all their armor out of it, and that's why their armor is so like renowned in the universe. It's super strong. Can take on blasters. There's, I've read things where it says that it can withstand lightsaber, um, like slashes. Maybe Mm. not like a direct poke, but that's what I've heard. But I think that's cool that they're. It's not just him. Like just the fact that they showed the whole hallway, the little hangout. with the foundlings, you hear yeah. that part? He was a foundling once. Yeah, which gives him some compassion for this little Yoda foundling. Right. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that there was like a little Mandalorian club on the bottom of that random planet, which they never said what it was called. Mm-hmm. There's a lot went, going on on that planet. But he went down that hallway, and there's like a bunch of other Mandalorians. Yeah, they're just hanging out playing cards. And then there's a foundry down there, which seems like a very specific place that would be on Mandalore, or... Maybe they're pushed out and they're like exiled that's where they go to make stuff yeah maybe mm-hmm. but it seemed a little coincidental that like he went and got this job and then went down the street and there was yeah a, he dropped off all of his bounties old foundry there's a magical meeting place that his clients came to him instead of him going to them and just happened to be down the street from his weapons dealer <laughs> you know yeah. it's one stop shop yeah, it's a pretty popular place. So I, I hope they'll do more of the lore. I, I think they'll probably show more backstory on him because some of the stuff that was in the trailer um, of him with the super battle droids in the background, I don't think yep. that was in that flashback sequence. It wasn't. It just had a lot of screaming and things exploding. Yeah. I was looking for it. Yeah, so I think we'll see a little bit more of that maybe. Um, or they could have been scenes that just didn't get used. That's a possibility too. But uh, I don't know. Any other predictions? Mm, I think they're going to bring back IG-11. Hmm. Uh, because as much as much press as Tika did to be to be in half of an episode. Well, he also directed an episode. Okay. Hmm. I don't disagree with you, but that could have been his attachment as well. Ah. Dropped apart. I don't know. I'm excited, but then it's weird because we don't know what day. The, it's coming out on Fridays? Yeah, apparently. So it was Tuesday 
when Disney Plus was launched. I don't know if there is another one on Friday or if we have to wait a week. I would imagine there's one Friday. Hmm. I'm guessing. I mean, we could look at the calendar and figure it out because there's the last one is on the 27th. But now we can do the math. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. I would imagine there's another one coming out. Um, what would be interesting, I hadn't thought about this till you said him coming back. What if... So it's it it ended on the planet. He's, like, about to reach down and poke the baby in the face. And what if he's like, okay, now i got to get out of here, but if I leave this droid here, then some bad, something bad is going to happen. Like, people are going to think I... Whatever. I better take him with me. So he takes the droid and the baby... We had to come up with a name for Baby Yoda. And takes him back to his ship. Kermit. <laughs> well, okay, we'll keep working on it. <laughs> we'll burp. It's a working title. Um, takes him back to his ship and then for some reason like needs to have or runs across an IG head or something and fixes him up as a sidekick. So he does it rather than, it, you know, him just showing back up later. Yeah, that's what I think. I think yeah. he's going to repair him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That could be fun, and he could adjust him to be what he needed or something. Even like the reboot system, he's just like, hey, uh, you are the surrogate mother to this green thing. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. You're not a killer. You love frogs. Yep. All right, any other thoughts? If anybody saw it, then they probably really need to hear too much about what we thought. Did anybody not like it? If you didn't like it, why? Because I don't think that there is enough information yet to really form a, a deep-rooted opinion. I think if, yeah, if you want there to be more in the Star Wars universe, like there is and there probably will be, and maybe it's just nice that there's something that doesn't have a Skywalker in it, hooray. But I think if you don't like it, uh, I don't think there's enough in there's not enough substance to dislike yet i think as the first episode i think it was a good kind of whistle wetter like it's a free weekend or free week or whatever for disney plus i think it was a safe first episode i don't think there's a whole lot of substance yet to really dislike yeah i agree with that here's the thing though you said if people don't like it why i gotta be real honest you don't care i don't care i know you don't care the thing is about Star Wars and about society is that everybody has an opinion about everything. Despite which is, my best which efforts. is awesome. Have your opinion. I, I have opinions. Everybody should have opinions. But you don't have to tell everybody about it. And one of the problems with social media and Twitter, putting my old man pants on now, is that like everybody wants everybody else to agree with their opinion. Like it's okay to have opinions, but you don't have to like convince people. You know and I, mean? I think especially because in this community that we exist in, uh, you are the token Star Wars nerd. So I think if anybody has an opinion one way or the other, I feel that they're going to look to you. You think so? I don't know. I think so. I don't think about that. But I just I know that there's uh, – in Star Wars stuff in the past, anytime anything changes, anytime there's something new – and people clamor for new shows and new movies. Like, 30 years. We're like, oh, yeah, there's new Episode 7's coming. It's not that new one. Yeah, we want new stuff as long as it's exactly the same as everything that came before, but not the same as everything that came before, so it's new. <laughs> like, what an impossible task. You know? Satiate me. Yeah, make me happy, even though I'm giving you two things that are polar opposite that you have to do. 
that's a problem, I think, for people. But every time there's something that happens in a an existing pop culture thing, people like have to be upset about it. It's like it's okay not to like something, but it doesn't have to upset you. No, like take it personally that they're out to yeah, they did it just like, to slight you. Like how can I don't know. It's disappointing to me that people have to be so like um they they associate the goodness of something or the quality of something with how it affects them. Those are not the same thing at all. This is a bigger discussion. Mm-hmm. But those are not the same thing. And Solo. You didn't like Solo? No. Nope. Cool. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's But it. that doesn't mean I, it's I a bad like movie, it. right? I, I don't need to convince you of my opinion. Right. And Which I think I have done on multiple podcasts, so I'm kind of walking that Well, but, but the point is, like, you cannot like something, and that doesn't mean that that thing is bad. Like, if, if it didn't have the attachment to the other stuff that you were already aware of, you probably wouldn't have thought it was as bad as you thought it was. It was just a movie. Yeah. But the association with the stuff that you already like, it didn't meet the expectation, and so it seems worse than it actually is because of that expectation not being met. And because you care so much about the property. Right. Yeah. Which I get. Mm-hmm. I care about it, too. But I think people let that line of how something affects them and the quality of the thing itself blur too much. So, like, with this show, if it had been a just full-on turd, watched it last night, and I'm like, oh, this is garbage, that would only be, well, not only, probably only be because my expectation was set here in an unrealistic place, and nobody could meet that expectation. But, like, I'm one person of 10 million people who signed up for that service. Yep. It's not about me. <laughs> YouTube is not about the viewer, always, and the individual viewer. You know, movies like The Last Jedi, polarizing movie within a, a fandom. I still don't fully understand. Yeah, I don't, whatever. Anyway, all that to say... I hope you like it. If you don't, that's cool too. But you're a grown up, you can like what you yeah, like. Yeah, but don't try to convince other people that they don't like things because you don't like it. That's dumb. Yeah. Okay, done. Taking off my old man pants. Putting back on my cool hip young guy pants. Do I have those? I think I have those. They look like regular pants to me. <laughs> All my pants look the same. Look at this cool little X Wing. It's so tiny. And it's got like the wings open and close. So I got all three of these ships done in this amount of time, and they're really cool and easy to put together. They, what, fit in the palm of your hand? So if you, Yeah. My uh, problem with Bandai models is it has a nice, I mean, the box is small, obviously. Yeah. But I, I don't properly understand scale when someone's like, it's a one-twelfth scale. Yeah, that's not like, helpful. Oh, well. These are small. Mm, yeah. I was looking for a scale number, but I don't see it. Hmm. That's odd. I feel like that would be a big... Uh, Darth Vader here is one twelfth, and he is about as tall as my hand. He has legs and a single arm. <laughs> I think more comes with the package. Yeah, it does. It's all intertwined in that thing. All right. Uh, we're an hour in. Wrap it up? Yeah. Cool. Where can people find you? On the internet at Josh underscore make stuff. You can find me and the rest of us at I like to make stuff on all the stuff. Um... I'm not opposed to hearing what you think about the show. I hope I didn't give that impression. It's not that. I'm just, just, if you don't like it, you don't have to convince, try to convince other people to not like it. I think that's the big problem with that type of stuff. In life. In life, yeah. 
Yeah, not about the show. Just about things. Unless it's eggplant. <laughs> Spread that word. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.